Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. I'm Denise Hanitka, and I'm going to be your host for this new podcast called On a Mother Level. On a Mother Level. This podcast has had about 87,000 different names, but in the last minute, coming in in the clutch is my sister-in-law, Erica. She's down in Florida. She has a couple glasses of wine. She calls me with the best name ever. So this is On a Mother Level. Girl, you did it. This podcast is going to be thanks to a lot of wonderful people. The very first one you're going to hear is Jessica from the Quad City Moms blog. She and I are going to chit-chat in the very first episode. So I hope you like it. Tell a friend about On a Mother Level. Here we go. Hi. Hey. How are you, Denise? I'm good. Good. I'm nervous. (laughs) Yeah, I know. My heart is beating out of my chest. Why are we nervous? I don't know. Because we're talking to each other? And we're talking (laughs) about ourselves, which is weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like I'm putting myself out there in a way that I don't traditionally do. Yeah, I agree. When I'm writing, it feels different. So introduce yourself, Jessica. I am Jessica Holst. I am a homeschooling mom of six. I live on a farm in rural Eldridge. My husband grew up on that farm, and I'm the owner of the Quad City Moms blog. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're going to hear a lot from Jessica over the next couple of months as we explore what it means to be a podcaster. I'm Denise Hanitka. I'm a news anchor here at WQAD News 8 in the Quad Cities, and this is our new project. So we're just going to explore all the things that it means to be a mom. And I'm much newer at this than you are. That's true, because my oldest is about to turn 15. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's scary, yeah? Yeah, she's going to get her school permit. She's going to be driving on her own without me. I already have to let them go places by themselves. (laughs) Well, I think you're going to add, um, you're going to teach me a lot of stuff because right now I live in a land of two and a half year olds. I live in a land where I'm learning all the different names for various trucks. <laughs> um, and uh, I have a, and let's see, is he, he's not a newborn anymore. He's an infant. If you're five months old, you're mm-hmm. still an infant. Still let's an go infant. infant. So yeah. toddler and infant at home, two and a half and five months old. So we're going to kind of explore this thing called motherhood together and I'm so excited thank you so much for joining us and I hope that if you like our conversation that you will share with a friend and share with a mom and help us make this podcast a success so here's what we're going to do we're going to start every week with wins and losses from the week we could say it's a mom win or a mom fail but we don't necessarily like the word fail Right, because I don't think you can really fail at parenting. And I think that a lot of moms get that in their heads, that there's something you can do wrong enough that you're a failure at momming. And you're not ever. You love your kids. You are a hero to your kids. So the losses, though, I like because 
definitely we can do that. <laughs> well, and losses losses are what kind of are what make you laugh throughout the day. All the times that you're like, this poor kid doesn't realize that I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> but they trust you anyway. <laughs> and that's the beauty and the innocence of a child is this lady sure knows all the stuff. No, I don't. Yeah. So do you have a win of the week? How oh did you gosh. win this week? Well, this past week was 4th of July weekend. Yeah. And we traveled up to the Chicago area with my parents and my brother who live up there. And my husband, who's a farmer, had to stay behind and work. So I took all six kids with me on a three-hour road trip, and we were up in the Chicago area for almost a week. And everyone came home alive, including you? I think so. I mean, I might have did lost you do a roll call? one. <laughs> we actually do do roll, roll calls. I imagine yeah. you would have to. Yeah, my little ones think it, it's phone call. They're like, do the phone call, mama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously, a road trip with six kids, that is the biggest win. And a dog. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. In a hotel room. Yeah. Oh, so. so, like, what was your strategy going into that? What did you have to do to, like, really make that a success? Well, um, I kept the dog on a short leash, and I tried to do the same with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities between parenting a pooch and parenting people. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I need to bow down to you. <laughs> Seriously, kiss the ring. So that was a huge win. And That's honestly, one of win. my biggest wins this week was um, I don't want to mention any names in case her friends are listening, but I have a child who is just at that age where she loses her temper really easily and wants to when things don't go her way. And I managed to get through the whole weekend and I never got really furious with her. And I was able to tell her, you know, your behavior is inappropriate. And finally, you know, like we did go head to head a couple of times, but it was, I felt like it was really successful. You know, I mean, she came out of it knowing how much I love her, even though she's being a jerk. And I think that's one of the things that we want to do as parents is know, have our kids know that unconditional love that they're not going to get anywhere except for from God, you know, like <laughs> we're, we're that to them. And they need to know that no matter how bad their behavior, they're still lovable people. See, your mom win is like nice and sweet. <laughs> Mine's not that sweet. <laughs> Mine won't always be. Okay, so my win this week is actually like my husband and I's win. And I hope you'll bear with me and understand me when I say this. Um, You know when you have a baby and you wonder if you'll be able to tell if they're not cute? (laughs) Yes, I do know. Like, you see some ugly babies out there. Right. And so you're like, would I know if my baby's not cute? Well, over dinner the other night, my husband and I went out for my birthday. And we were looking at pictures of our youngest. And we both came to the realization and we knew all along, but we were comfortable with the fact that Everett is an ugly baby. And we're fine with it. Look, we're fine with it. And I think that that is a win. I think it's a win to acknowledge that, yes, I can tell that I have an unattractive child. Well, see, and I disagree because I follow you on Instagram and I have seen many, many pictures of that child. Well, he's, he's really, adorable. but I do think he's turned around, but we pulled up some old, like, like newborn pictures oh. where he's real squishy yeah. and like real crusty mm-hmm. and things are not going his way for mm-hmm. a while. And you know that there were a lot of people who came over and went, oh, oh congratulations. How, how sweet. <laughs> 
So it's fine. Yes. You know? A lot of newborns are like little ugly old men, though. Yeah. They're very much like oh, gnomes. Oh, yeah. He's little. a major old man, for <laughs> sure. But I feel comfortable with it, and I feel like it's a win, yeah. and I feel like I passed the test. You yes. Did. I can acknowledge that my baby is ugly. And you love him anyway. I do. I love him anyway. <laughs> I'm going to say that my, my fail for the week is... I feel like there's like a sense of embarrassment when you send your child to daycare and then the provider calls you and tells you that they're sick and they need to go to the doctor because oh. you're like, oh man, like, they're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, well, haven't you noticed his eye is all goopy? No. You know, That's it's like, oh. so. I was just busy getting shoes on him. I know. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I know. So it turns out that Everett has a little bit of an eye infection. It's not a big deal and um, I'm sure it'll go away here soon, but. But yeah, there's, it's just, you kind of feel like a big dum-dum. Yeah, that does give you a sense of loss. So, but yeah. he's going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. Everybody got picked up. Everybody went to the doctor. All's well. But, you know, next time I'll pay more attention. <laughs> I mean, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, I'll God. try. I'll do my best. Just brutal. Hey, are you going to um, take care of your kid at any point soon? Because they are gushing out of their eye. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we all have mom losses, like... This week, um, my kids fought a lot, <laughs> a lot, and it's really hard for me to deal with that. So there yeah. was a lot of gritted teeth and empty threats of like, we're going to stop this car and you're going to sit on the side of the road, which you really can't do on right. Interstate 88. But <laughs> yeah, so the empty threats, I feel like, are my like biggest mom oh, yeah. loss of the week. Ah, I hate doing that. Here's These words actually came out of my mouth. My one child was in the way back, so we have a suburban since there's six kids, and so he's in the third row, and he's doing something to his brother. His brother's crying. And I said, that is it, minus 20. What's minus 20? I have no idea. Like, like is there a point system? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> It made him stop, though. He was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm in the red. <laughs> no, no, no minus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like now you're going to have to develop some sort of a scoring system and to award the winning child at yeah. the end of the day. Well, maybe, but that's just too complicated <laughs> for me to keep track that's of. That's true. That's true. It's way too much paperwork. It's too much math. Hey, so speaking of paperwork, um, I want to talk about a little um, Moms in the Headlines action here. Great. So um, this article jumped out at me because I found it to be ridiculous in theory. It's ridiculous in theory, but let me know what you think. So the headline is, parenting prenups are a real thing that moms and dads are using to put their baby duties on paper. So you know, like the concept of a marriage prenup, like, hey, if you leave me, you're going to give me $1 million. Um, But so so this isn't the exact same thing, because it's not about like, you know, a dissolution of a marriage or something. It's about, hey, when this baby comes, what are you going to do around here? The division of chores. Yeah. A contract. A contract. With your husband or your wife. A baby care contract. what you're going to do around the house. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that some people even say, okay, you're going to do the dishes, Mm -hmm. and you're going to do the garbage, and I'm going to change this many diapers, and you're going to change that many diapers. Um, Yeah. I don't think that those people have actually had a baby yet. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Well, here's here's what I like about it. I love the concept of, hey, what are your expectations about how this yes. is going to go down? You Open know, communication. Yeah, just mm-hmm. the idea of saying like, hey, this is how I imagine being when 
this happens, or this is the role I see you taking. Do you agree with the idea of that being your role? Things like that. So that all makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do have to wonder about why you would need to write that down and call it a baby prenup. I call that like communication within yeah, a marriage, yes? Just conversation. I think that you should be doing that about everything. Yeah, like we're going to a party tonight. Do you have a word for when you're ready to go? Like yes. You kind of yes. need to do that when you're married or yeah. with your friends. I mean, with your friends, if you think of your relationship with your husband as like your relationship with your friends, you you talk to your mm-hmm. friends and say, "Hey, I'm ready to go now." And you have a word and yeah. you have to do the same thing with your husband. And if your friends are there, you wouldn't mind saying, hey, can you help me? Can you hold the baby while I sweep? Yeah. It's the same thing that you would do with your husband. So this was proposed by um, some woman who claims to be a life coach. So mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to... Um, <laughs> Take that with a drink yeah. of salt. You know, because uh, Vanessa here is a life coach. Um, so she basically says that um, you want to have this agreement, but you don't want it to be so rigid that if something falls off the tracks, as it inevitably will, that you're going back to the paper and saying, but you said that you would do this. Yes, you were supposed to change seven diapers today, and you only did six. <laughs> and now he's dirty again, and I've already done my seven. So I just want to be clear. <laughs> I have met the terms of our contract. <laughs> Nobody's changing the baby anymore because we both met our fulfilled, <laughs> our fulfilled number. <laughs> so, I mean, is there anything, anything like expectation-wise that you really wanted to take care of um, before or after having kids with your husband? Is there like a, a, a common ground you guys wanted to come to? I think that for us, um, we have pretty traditional roles because I am, well, I work at home now, but I was a stay-at-home mom and he worked. So a lot of the things in the house fell to me. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm homeschooling five of our kids, that's a full-time job in and of itself. And now I think is a lot harder than it was when they were younger because now there's activities that they have to go to and there's things that they need to do outside of the house. I still have to do all of that and the house stuff. So now um, I think it's a lot more challenging to have those conversations because in my husband's mind, stuff hasn't really changed. I'm still a stay-at-home mom. He doesn't sure. really think of the things that I do as real work, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Which, of course, we know is real work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I mean, ask any teacher who actually gets a paycheck. Yeah. And the janitors who also are doing my job and the lunch ladies who are also doing, yeah, real work. Jack of all trades, Just girl. not paid. <laughs> the big thing in my house is that I work at night. So my husband picks up from daycare. He does dinner. He does playtime after dinner. And he does bedtime. And so that that required a lot of conversations before we had our first where it was like, okay, here's how you know, you're going to do the evenings. And I, I didn't tell him how to do them, but it was just sort of like, are we okay with having kids when this is going to be your responsibility at night? You know, and of course it was and everything's a-okay. But, but you know, it, there, are, um, there are different challenges to splitting the day the way that we do because mm-hmm. we are always you know, yeah. I'm in the morning, he's yeah. at night. And right. so we, and then we kind of have to be on the same page about like, okay, how did you handle a situation like this? How did you handle it when he didn't want to eat his food or this yeah. or that? So, so yeah, there, there's a lot of aspect. like, yeah. That and there's a be. lot of trust going back and forth yeah. too, that like, okay, like when they're yours, like I stand by what you, what you do. Mm-hmm. And when they're mine, I stand, you know, you stand by what I do. Yeah. And so we try to, um, 
once the kids are in bed, we try to debrief yeah. about what that, you know, what went on that day. But, but yeah, that definitely, um, working that out came down to expectations. What do you expect from me at night? And so there was a time when, um, after Abram was born our first, that I felt like I was coming home, washing bottles, cleaning pump parts, and then I wasn't going to bed until like midnight because I don't get home from work until about 11. And so I finally said like, I need help. So now it's his job to wash bottles at the Mm -hmm. end of the night. So then when I come home, I can refill bottles and get things sorted. Um, But that just came down to, hey, I need help with this. You're going to you know now be expected to take on this and he did so and does happily um but yeah so expectations man this um prenup situation is sort of a it, it kind of speaks to gender roles in our culture totally you know like why why do we need to have that i mean why why can't the both adults in one house recognize these are the things that need to happen I see that and I will do it instead of letting it fall on one person's shoulders. That's, it's, it's, that's always a work in progress. Like this comes mostly from the women. I read in there yeah. that they said, make sure that you do it together, not just mm-hmm. one person writing and then the other person approving. And I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, and then but then she also said like he he was on board with it because he didn't want to he didn't want to be letting her down because of things she expected him to know or to do or to yeah. say. And so he's saying like, "Hey, make this more clear to me what it is that you're asking from me." Mm-hmm. So which that's kind of the mental load of being the mom. Mhm. Because why are we the ones that have to think of all the things that need to be done and ask you to do it i oh mean my god i feel like we're gonna i feel live like here yeah too i feel like you've overheard conversations in my home i sneak around <laughs> i'm hiding in the magnolias underneath your window so those are our moms in the headlines the baby prenup try one for yourself <laughs> see let us know how it goes yeah tell us if that conversation is fruitful <laughs> so the other thing that we want to do is we kind of want to have we want to have a big topic we want to really dive into something every time that you come so we wanted to start and I, I want to preface this by saying that not all of our podcasts are going to be heavy no you know I don't want to it to be like oh, I'm going to turn on that lady's podcast and she's going to be a downer no you know? because they can tell already that we're super <laughs> funny I mean we're hilarious Denise I think that they already have that figured out oh um, Oh my gosh. So I kind of, I, I feel like I unknowingly started this conversation after Everett was born about postpartum issues. Right. And I did it by accident. Yes. So let's hear about what you did. Okay. So I totally did it by accident. So Everett was born in January and I'll be real honest with you. I was smug as a bug in a rug because I really thought going into my second that mama knew what she was doing and so when things started to go downhill with Everett we had some breastfeeding issues going into it I um I didn't know how to handle it I and I did not handle it well I did not handle it well and I don't mean to place the blame on myself I'm just like flat out saying like it just did not go well and I did not respond to it well so so when you know typically after you have a baby you do have like that crazy rush of hormones where you just feel weird and cry a lot and you're not sleeping but in my case it it was going on too long and it was not getting any better. 
And it kind so, of ballooned. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, what really made it difficult is because he was having issues breastfeeding, I really had my heart set on it. So when he started having issues, I started going to every um, lactation consultant and chiropractor and all of the resources that were, we were going to fix this, no problem. I guarantee he's going to be breastfeeding after this, once we do this, if we do that. And so I was taking him to all these appointments Mm -hmm. and hearing all these promises of if we do this, he'll, you know. Um, And so meantime, I was pumping and I was just... there were just days that I just would cry yeah. all the time, yeah. just all the time. Right. And I kept asking myself and my husband, you know, because they coach up the husbands about make sure to watch for these signs of mm-hmm. postpartum depression. And he kept saying to me, are you sure? You know, that's, are you sure this is okay? Are you sure this mm-hmm. is normal for He's you to be feeling this, this way? Though. Yes. Right. He's asking me this. And I'm going, I, I thought postpartum was, I want to hurt myself. I want to hurt the baby. And I didn't feel any of those things. I just felt like the smallest inconvenience or setback prompted an oversized reaction, whether it was anger or sadness. You know, there was, I got the stroller, um, the car seat stuck in the stroller once and panicked and had a major freak out meltdown and was screaming and calling my husband. Looking back on that now, that's ridiculous. You know, there's no reason why I would be hollering about a car seat being a stuck in a but stroller. It felt so real. It at felt that time. huge. Yeah. It felt felt huge. Yeah. So it was just like these oversized reactions to things and it sort of all came to a head on his one month birthday because I wanted to do that thing where you post about this is the baby at one month and isn't he changing and isn't he growing and we're so happy and it's wonderful. And instead what came out of my fingertips on my phone was, I'm not okay, none of this is okay, and I don't know if it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I posted it on Facebook, and I sent it, and then I took a nap. And when I woke up to the responses, I was immediately so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed because I had written on Facebook on my professional Facebook page that I am not okay. Right, and you have to be okay. I mean, yeah. you have to look perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so my husband called me and asked me what was going on because he started getting some phone calls from friends going, is Denise okay? Wow. And I said, I posted something on Facebook. I'm so sorry for embarrassing you. And he said, oh, I read it. Why would you be embarrassed? Yeah. And so I like, but that was my first thought. It was embarrassing yeah. myself and embarrassing mm-hmm. my husband. And I apologized to him profusely. And he kept going, why in the world are you apologizing? Yeah. You're literally talking about what has happened mm-hmm. and how you're struggling. Yeah. And what, what, whatever would be wrong with that. Right. And so I think that shows. What a great response from him. He, he, was, he was incredible. He yeah. was tremendous. He was everything I needed him to be mm-hmm. at that time. And so, yeah, so my first um, feeling was embarrassment, and I had a voicemail from my doctor's office because the doctor had also seen the post, and so out of embarrassment, <laughs> I didn't call the doctor back either. Um, I just, I was worried. I think I, w- I was embarrassed, you know, for putting myself out there, number one, but I was also embarrassed because I had this, and this shows you what kind of place I was in at the time, I had the fear that if I complained about 
my child that it meant I didn't want him. Mm-hmm. What kind of student? So wh- common though. That's Why would anyone think that I didn't want him? I don't know. But I think that that's a common story that we have in our in our heart. Like if I don't love every moment of mothering, yeah. If I'm not loving this right now, I'm not loving mothering. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if I don't love this moment or this yeah. situation, that means I don't like being a mom. Yeah. And and I was so grateful for all the comments that I got in that post. And there were so many just wonderful comments of people being reassuring. But I don't think people realize um, that it actually like it actually hurts to have someone say, you know, you need to cherish this because, you know, the 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 days are long, but the years are short. It felt come from people. Yeah. And and I and I know the sentiment behind it. It's the sentiment is this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And you're you're not going to remember this part, you know. But in that moment that it hit me of, of going, how could you ever be complaining about this? How yeah. could you ever be ungrateful? You're doing it wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, after a while and after seeing um, the response to my post, and a lot of people actually wrote like, are you sure you don't have postpartum? So I eventually had to go to the doctor to get one of those well checks for um, mood check they called it (laughs) and so I was nervous that they were going to give me one of those quizzes where they ask you you know are things bad are things worse today than they were the day before and there's there's a series of questions that when you look at the multiple choice answers you know what the right answer is Mm -hmm. and you know what the wrong answer is you know that they're looking to tell you for you to tell them you know yes I feel this way no I don't feel this way and so I felt like if I know the difference between the right and the wrong answer, that doesn't mean, that means I definitely don't have postpartum because I know know the answer to these questions. So I was very stressed about how I was going to fill out this questionnaire, honestly, because I knew what I was circling and what I was not circling. So eventually they handed me this stupid piece of paper and I burst into tears right away. (laughs) And so the nurse looked at me and just went, oh, honey, we're going to get you feeling better. So it's like, I didn't even have to take the stupid quiz because right away I... I had shown my cards. Yeah, you had built up so much <laughs> yeah. worry. I was that, so worried yeah. about this test. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I was able to get on some medication. Sounds like a very common medication. Yeah. People tell me now that a lot of people take Zoloft, yeah. and that's what I take, and that seems to have done the trick for me. And I'm still taking it, and I don't know how long I need to take it. At first, I was you know, calling my friend and saying, you know, I'm only going to take this for three months. I am Mm -hmm. not going to be on this medicine. And now I sort of feel like, what does it matter? Right. What does it matter? That is a good question. What does it matter? How come you're comfortable sharing your story now when you were feeling so embarrassed earlier? Um, I have had so many people thank me for sharing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and it's been so frequent yeah. that people say it to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't believe so many people read it. And I can't believe so many people suffered in silence. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people said, I wish I, I probably should have gone to the doctor when I was feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really think I probably had that. Yeah. And I didn't really say anything because... And um, a lot of people had a, a lot of reasons that they didn't know what postpartum was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just assumed it's because I just had a baby and I should be feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And it's normal. Uh, yeah. yeah. And to an extent, it is. You right. know, there is that like crazy rush of hormones and stuff, and you are sleep deprived and you mm-hmm. do feel terrible. Um, but 
it's only because there were people in my life who kept saying, yeah. are you okay? Right. Are you okay? Checking and kept, yeah. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that, I would have just kept carrying on, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't have initiated the conversation myself. And how much harder would parenting be if you didn't have yeah. that extra boost of serotonin? If it was, if it was five months down the road and I was still feeling the way I was five months ago, I don't even know that I would, like, able to work yeah how mm-hmm. would I be able to sit here and like have like a rational conversation because I was just I, I just wasn't handling things appropriately no. no your brain just isn't working right yeah it's just not yeah yeah it's so hard so um so I guess me ta- like I I unknowingly started this conversation and now I feel like a responsibility to keep it going because right. I think I think it's helped people and that takes away my embarrassment of having talked about it so many people yeah so I guess I don't know I my my message when I I, because I've written a couple posts after that and just kind of explained a little more about um how things have progressed since then I guess just my message is like if you're the mom reach out and if you know a mom, reach out. Right. I don't know how many times I've um, called a new mom after having a baby and all we do is talk about the baby and I never mm-hmm. once said, how are you doing? Right. You I know? think that that's a big mistake that we make in our culture. Like when you're pregnant, mm-hmm. everyone's all gushing over you. You're so beautiful. Strangers stop you in the street. People are always talking to you, yeah. even when you don't want them to, sometimes even touching you, which is a huge no-no, by the way, general public. <laughs> do not touch a pregnant woman. But... Then when you have the baby, it's like you disappear. Yeah. You're providing everything for this baby. You created this baby with your husband and God, of course, and then you had the baby, and now you're nourishing the baby, but you aren't the center of anything anymore. Exactly. And we are not mothering our mothers very well at all in our culture, and we need to change that so that you can feel people will notice, you know, because your husband, he's so involved in it and he loves you so much and he doesn't know what's normal either, even though he's been prepped by the childbirth classes or by the education at the hospital or whatever, he still doesn't know what's normal because he's never been there. It's just different for Mm -hmm. husbands. And so he loves you so much. He just trusts you when you're like, oh yeah, I'm okay. When you're not okay, clearly you're not okay. But Mm -hmm. So after after I started taking medicine and after we kind of, you know, identified this beast, um, he would say in the morning, okay, it's no cry Monday. No cry we're not, Monday. We're not going to cry on Monday. <laughs> it's no cry Tuesday. And, it, you know, he wasn't meaning to be like, no, you can't cry today. Right, it was right. just sort of like, hey, like, we don't have to cry today. Like, yeah. you know. And that was good for you. You yeah. didn't feel pressure. Because it did, good. it did, it made me laugh, number one. Yeah. And then when I would call him later and be like, it's cry Monday. And you're like, all right, we'll start again tomorrow. That's right. You know, it's cry Tuesday. Just cry. It's no cry Tuesday. Small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, um, and it definitely wasn't an overnight fix. No. But I think um, identifying it and acknowledging it yeah. and finally saying something so that I wasn't harboring this whole, like, don't say anything. Yeah. People will think you don't like your kid. As, at, once I let go of that part, I think I let go of a lot of maybe mm-hmm. just like pent up anxiety or just a lot of bad feelings that were just swirling around in there. Did it help you when people let you know that you weren't alone? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. 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 Takes so a lot of the embarrassment of those, out of it, too. All of those comments on Facebook, mm-hmm. somebody might have just been mm-hmm. posting their own story, but it reached out to you. It mattered. Yeah. 
Yeah, I so mean, I got text messages. Honesty. I got emails. It was it was it was very overwhelming when I was feeling so embarrassed about it, but mm-hmm. but now when I look back on it, I go, "Wow." Like to think that something I did out of just kind of panic, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because when I typed that, I was I was in a like in a panic mode, mm-hmm. you know? It wasn't like something that I typed and worked on and perfected. Right. Like it was like it came out my fingers. I pressed post and then it was done. And you didn't really even mean to. No. Yeah. And then it was just done. I wonder what made you do that. I don't know. Although I I do I do try to be a little more authentic mm-hmm. on my um, Facebook page and my Instagram page mm-hmm. than um, than maybe I was in years past, right. you know? I don't think I ever would have had the courage to do it when Abram was born to be more authentic, mm-hmm. you know? And now I just sort of feel like, why wouldn't I be myself? Right. And particularly when people are saying, hey, like, we feel like we know you, so, yeah. like, let's get to know you. Like, yeah. actually you, not this, right. like, persona that you want us to think you are right. via Facebook and via the news and things like that. So. Right. So I take the responsibility to be authentic seriously now, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I do too. I think that authenticity is something that we need mo- more than anything. We need someone to look us in the eyes and say, I see you mm-hmm. and I've been there. Or even if they haven't, just to be like, I hear you. Yeah. You matter. That's so important. I love that phrase, I see you. Mm-hmm. How many f- times during the day do we feel overlooked, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, hey, I, s- I see that you struggled today. Mm-hmm. I saw that you cried today. Yeah. You know, that yeah. makes a difference for sure. Yeah, just having someone be there. They can't necessarily fix the problem, even if even if the problem is with your ke- brain chemistry. You know, nobody mm-hmm. can necessarily fix it. Mm-hmm. But just having someone be there with you, I think that's the advice that I would give to husbands, friends of people who are having babies is just be there with them and say, I'm here with you and mm-hmm. we'll do this together. I think that makes a huge difference. And say it again and then say yeah, it again. Yeah, you cannot say and it say too it again. often. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any experiences like that? I did, actually. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, with my second also, maybe there's something about second children. Second kids, <laughs> man. <laughs> so um, when, I had my, when I had my first... She was a cesarean, and I wanted um, to have a VBAC, which means vaginal birth after cesarean. And that birth, I had taken so many classes and learned so much about natural childbirth that I, and I also at the time really wanted to be a midwife. So I um, had a birth that was not ideal at all. Um, I was, it was long, it was arduous, it was, I tore in a lot of different places. They sewed me up for as long as I pushed. So I was in a lot of pain after my baby came also. And um, I had an epidural, which to me at the time felt like a failure because I wanted to have a natural birth Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a natural birth. So just kind of like your breastfeeding story, you wanted to breastfeed so badly. It was really hard for you when it didn't go the way you thought it should. And that was my expectation, too. It didn't go the way I thought it should. So Isn't that um, crazy how we were talking about expectations mm-hmm. in marriage is, like, a good thing? And yeah. expectations in kids is, like, the worst <laughs> thing ever? Right, Seriously. you don't ever know what you're going to get. No. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if those factors contributed to what happened afterwards, yeah. but it might be part of it. 
Um, so I had a two-year-old like you at home, and I had the newborn, and I didn't even realize that I was sad, really. I didn't really feel like anything was wrong. My husband was similar to yours, where he would wonder, but he didn't feel comfortable like going to someone, quote, behind my back and asking for help because mm -hmm. that felt like a betrayal to him if he would go talk to the midwife or go talk to my mom or someone and say, I think Jessica's really having some some troubles just by the way, you know, I was acting not myself. And I didn't even have like the symptoms of like crying all the time. I just was not myself. And it's hard to explain because it, when I was in that moment, I did not realize how mm -hmm. sick I was. So um, what eventually ended up happening is I was in the bathtub with both my little girls. Um, the two-year-old was having a great time splashing around and I was nursing the baby um, while we were just relaxing in the tub together. And um, it just occurred to me, like, it would just be so much easier for everyone if we all just went and did this in the lake and we just peacefully, like, kind of floated away under the water. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to kill my kids. It mm -hmm. was it was just like, it's just going to be so much better for them and for me. And it was just really twisted thinking, but it felt fine. It didn't yeah. feel like a wrong thought at all. It didn't feel like murder yeah it didn't feel like suicide it just felt like peace it's kind of hard to describe and even hearing myself say it now it kind of shocks me that yeah. I can even say it out loud that that I had those thoughts because I mean I have six kids and I'm you know not the kind of person to drive her family off of a cliff with a van <laughs> you know yeah like, yeah um so I honestly can't even, because my thinking was so twisted. Oh, another thing that was often happening to me at that time was sort of um, hallucinations. So for me, what it was like was there was just always something in the corner of my eye. So like there was always just a shadow or like a dark shape, just something always like coming towards us, always. Like I couldn't protect my baby enough. I couldn't protect myself and it never attacked me. And it also, like, it was frightening, but it wasn't, um, but again, it was like that feeling of, like, that's just how it is. Yeah. It just felt normal, which is just how twisted my thinking was, that having dark shapes there all the time coming towards you is normal. Yeah. And, and I almost, you know, wouldn't even said anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. I went in for our six-week checkup to the midwife. And I honestly, Denise, could not even tell you what I said to her. But all of a sudden, she's like, can I have your mom's number? And can I have the number of your counselor? Because I had um, been seeing a counselor before, so I actually knew one. She's like, can I have, and also, what's your husband's number? And then she's calling all of these people. And she told my mom, you need to get in the car and drive here now. Jessica can't be alone. And... She called my counselor, and they made the appointments for me. They did all of this. I went to see a psychiatrist. I, too, got on Zoloft. And I didn't even realize. I, I mean, when, my, when people were calling me, like when the counselor was calling me back, I'm like, why are you calling me? Like, it didn't even feel yeah. real or necessary or reasonable. Like, so were you, were you angry that she took all those actions without no, your I didn't consent? Even, or? No, I okay. didn't even... Um, 
think it was I didn't think it was necessary yeah. but it was just kind of like well I'll just go along with it go I mean, to the appointment and no big deal yeah I it it's kind of hard to describe like I think I was so outside of myself and so apathetic like I didn't even care it was nice to just let someone else make a decision mm-hmm. and maybe that's what those crazy thoughts were is just like I can't keep making these decisions. I why am I the one responsible for these kids? I can't be responsible for these people. Like they it's just going to be more peaceful if we're all together and we're not alive anymore, mm-hmm. you know? It, and again, it sounds terrible to say that because it doesn't make sense, yeah. but um it made sense at the time. See, it's it's weird because after having gone through it in a different way myself, I now, I get it, but if I had sat here without that experience, it would have been much harder for me to understand. For sure. You know, I, I mean, mean, honestly, there's like... people listening thinking, oh my goodness, like, why did they decide to have more kids? Or, you know, I'm sure that those thoughts are going through your minds right now as you're listening to me say this. And I honestly, um, until now, have never really talked publicly about this experience because it has such a stigma and it makes you look so bad and people wonder about your capabilities mm-hmm. when, if you admit that yeah at one point I <laughs> I thought it would be fine to just walk down to the lake with my kids and all of us go under it's so important that you share that because I think you need to know that almost before you have kids you know that this is a thing and and it's you don't want to say it's normal because you know it's like yeah, obviously it's, it's not very okay. abnormal, yeah, but it happens. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not I think that it's common. Might yeah, be yeah. a better word. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know. I mean, the only stories that you hear are the ones in the news where the people actually go through with it, mm-hmm. or like in Supernatural or some mm-hmm. movie where the people did that to their families. Right. And you wonder how could someone do that? You know, how could. How could she take her beautiful children and drown them one by one in the bathtub? How could she do that? Mm-hmm. It makes me angry just thinking about that. And at the same time, I totally know that her mind was not in a place where she understood what she was doing. Yeah. You're really brave for talking <laughs> about that. I got through that whole story and now I'm getting all beclumped. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think it's just really, really important because... That's what I thought it was, and so I didn't recognize it in myself, mm-hmm. even though I, nothing I was doing was healthy, you know? And just because it manifested itself differently in me, because I thought the story was one way. So yeah. I think perhaps, perhaps sharing our different experiences with it shows that you might even have it happen to you in a third way or right. a fourth way, right. but it's all the same creature, mm-hmm. you know? It's all the same thing that... that takes you down unexpectedly at this already insane time of your life literally insane your brain is not where it can be rational at all and again I think that one of the biggest parts of that puzzle for me was that my mom came and she was there with me she couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. she could not fix it she was scared out of her mind too because I don't know what the midwife told her but I can't imagine what it would be like if now as a mom with older kids if someone called me and said you need to go to your daughter's house because she's thinking about killing your grandkids Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know what the midwife said but that conversation had to go somehow like that right have you and your mom ever talked about it since 
Well, just um, not exactly. Yeah. No, not like that. Because it was such a scary time for her on the outside. And for me, like I said, it just felt so like apathetic. I didn't really have feelings about it at all. Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe, but I just didn't think anything about it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I guess I've kind of been reluctant to bring it up because I don't want her to feel all those scary feelings again. Yeah. She'll probably listen to this podcast, though. I mean, you know, moms moms support mm-hmm. their kids. <laughs> That's what we do, right, Denise? Yeah, I mean, we support our kids and... Um, and that's the thing, being there with me in that moment, she couldn't do anything about mm-hmm. it, but being there with me is what is helped. It helped a lot to just know that I, literally I was not alone in that house anymore with my two little kids. The responsibility wasn't all on me anymore. Yeah. I just love communal villages. <laughs> I think that being alone with our kids is not a healthy yeah. um, way to run our culture. Yeah. So, well, and in my case, it was the polar vortex winter. I mean, mm-hmm. you remember how bad this winter yes, was, you and I was at the like, in January. Yeah, yeah, and so I was locked in the house, and I was, you know, feeling these terrible feelings, and I didn't want to drive to, you know, the mall to get, um, yeah. t- you know, to just get you don't some fresh take air. Out no, into that weather. So yeah. you know, I, so there was a lot of like, well, maybe if you know, it's probably the weather that's bothering mm-hmm. you, and yes, I'm sure the weather was a factor, but mm-hmm. it was just all of these ways to sort sort of, um, you know, dismiss what I was feeling as yeah. just like, oh, you know, once the sun shines, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of things helped, but yes, springtime definitely helped me for sure. Right. right. I mean, <laughs> I've been through made a those lists <laughs> yeah. of like, get your exercise, make sure you're drinking enough water, make sure, you, you know, all of those mm-hmm. things that you can do to heal depression naturally. But yeah. I think that one of the things we need to do is just take the stigma away from medication yeah. because there is something chemically imbalanced in the brain that Zoloft helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's factual. So yeah. I think that for some reason, if I had diabetes, nobody would think twice if I had an insulin pump. No. But the fact that my brain doesn't mm-hmm. function normally instead of my pancreas, somehow that is less of a strong person or less of a... Right. A, yeah. And I mean, even even in the last, um, I still haven't like broken the stigma with myself because I had um, just a whole like insurance snafu. And so I was without the medication for like four days. And you're not really supposed to cold turkey that medicine. No, you're not. So I just felt like a lot of anxiety by, you know, especially like by day three or day four of not taking it. And so I automatically felt down like, like I'm messed up forever. Like I can no, I my life is nothing without this medicine, you know. And I said to my husband, "Am I am I going to be broken forever?" And he was like, "You're not supposed to cold turkey it. You need to get these pills in the mail. You know, you know how insurance works and all that craziness. But you know, it just it it are, it made me feel broken, you know. Even just recently, it's yeah. like the stigma in my head is that you yeah. know." By taking this, then I'm not going to be right ever again. Would we be so hard you know? on ourselves, though, if we had some other kind of no, no, problem no? If my foot was broken medication? and I took medication, it'd be like, yeah, right. girl, your foot's broken, right? Medicine or if you up. had asthma <laughs> and you had to take something every day for your asthma, yeah. would you be? Am I going to be broken forever? I don't know what it is about that mental component mm-hmm. that we think we have to be so strong all the time, so independent. Mm-hmm. We can't take medication we can't rely on others we can't 
We have yeah. to have this perfect facade. I don't know where all of that comes from because, yeah. I mean, I grew up like my kids, knowing that they're loved unconditionally. I knew that I was created for a purpose. I mean, I know all of these things. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that piece comes out of our brains that it's not okay to be mentally ill. Right. Even right. for a little while. Exactly. So that's our first episode. Should we call it a wrap on this? I think we should. So you're going to join us weekly. You're going to hear a lot from Jessica. We're going to talk about good stuff. We're going to talk about bad stuff. We're going to talk about funny stuff. We're going to talk about scary stuff. And um, so if this one was too heavy for you, we won't make all of them heavy. And maybe, I think our goal here. Cross my heart and hope to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think our goal just here. Just kidding. I'm just kidding, people. <laughs> totally a joke. Um, <laughs> but I, I hope that, um, I hope that, our vulnerability is um, something that makes this podcast a success. Yeah, and you know? healing to yeah. both of us. I think yeah. talking about it is yeah. helpful to us and other people. That's my hope. That's I mean, that's why I'm willing to put myself out there. Is yeah. Because, yeah, like I'm, I've not been in the public eye. Like you're used to being on TV and people look at you and they know who you are when mm -hmm. they see you in the grocery store. But owning the mom's blog now... Um, your kind of uh, figure, Definitely. sort of, and and an expert, <laughs> you know, and maybe, and so to um, to all of a sudden let the world know that that was my experience um, feels really scary. I think it's going to be really beneficial. Yeah, then that, that's the only. I mean, I that's really the only important. reason that I'm willing to tell people about it. And I appreciate you. For sharing it. Yeah. So can we um, next time talk about gross things our kids have done? Yes. We want to talk about why our kids are disgusting humans, but we love them anyway. Yeah. So if you have any gross kid experiences, we want you to share those with us, too. Yeah. Because Send we us wanna, a message. Yeah. We want to hear your gross kid stories. So um, how can people find you? Where should people reach out to you? Well, they can um, email me, Jessica, at quadcitymomsblog.com. You can send the Quad City Moms blog a uh, Facebook message. I get both of those. Okay. Instagram? Oh, yeah. Um, quad QC Moms blog on Instagram is our okay. handle. Yes, please follow us on yes. Instagram. I love Instagram, and we don't have enough interaction. I have, like, yeah, I want more followers on Instagram because I love <laughs> hey, it. Hey, let's it's just, so let's just say it like it is. I just yeah. want followers. I, I just want followers. <laughs> I want to follow you, too, on Instagram. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Instagram at Denise WQAD. I'm on Facebook, Denise Hanitka WQAD, H-N-Y-T-K-A. Lots of, lots of consonants, not a lot of vowels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our first episode, and please tell a friend that we're here, and uh, we'll see you next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.